In this episode, I'm going to go over three simple tricks and techniques that will increase the traffic and income on your niche website and make it more and more passive over time. And this is especially true with the third trick on this list. I've had some amazing success with this so far and it only makes sense that I share it with you right here, right now. It's also important to point out, however, that these are some of the latest tricks for 2023. So check out this entire episode to make sure you don't miss out on the key that could un unlock a new passive stream for your side hustle. Let's go ahead and talk about it. What is up? My name is Chris and welcome to another episode of the Blogger Evolution. Here we talk about building passive income streams that work for you so you don't have to. So if you want help to build those streams, please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast listener. Also, before we get into it, if you are looking for an easy step-by-step -step process to build up niche websites that can bring you passive income, be sure to go check the first link down in the show notes, bloggerevolution.com slash workshop. That's bloggerevolution.com slash workshop. There I have a free training that literally shows you step-by-step -step how I was able to take this entire process, make it as simple as possible, marrying something as simple as SEO and affiliate marketing together and being able to churn out a full-time income with it. Be sure to go check it out. You won't be disappointed. All right, so let's jump into these three tricks. Now, the first one, or actually, let's go ahead and count down, shall we? So number three on this list is going to be embracing artificial intelligence rather than running from it. All right, this is kind of next level, you know, because a lot of bloggers are really afraid of what could be going on with the AI technology that is seemingly taking the world by storm right now, especially when it comes to ChatGPT. It is an outstanding model that I've been using actually quite often to try to uh, come up with better, more engaging titles, even opening and closing paragraphs, some parts of content. You know, it's a whole issue that... You know, if you're not careful, you might actually run from it. I've had quite a few people ask me about it and what my thoughts are on it, but this is it. I would embrace this type of technology rather than running from it, okay? So how is it that we can embrace AI technology? Well, number one, it's going to be one of the best ways that I've been embracing AI technology over the last couple of years, and that is with AI content optimization. This is where we get a tool that will actually look at the first few pages of Google for a selected keyword search term, and then what keywords need to be included in that article to make sure that you have the best shot at ranking for it and really kind of taking the content out of the equation for the reason you might not be ranking. That's super powerful because if I know that, okay, the content's good and the links are maybe lacking and that's why it's not ranking, then I can at least have a peace of mind knowing that, okay, it's not the content that's wrong. I just need to focus more on building more authority or something like that. That really helps with uh, troubleshooting when trying to figure out what's wrong with the website, you know? Another way that I like to use AI content is with copywriting for conversions. Now, you know, we run niche sites, we put out a lot of informational content, but we also put out a lot of commercial content. This is the type of content that's going to get us the majority of our affiliate revenue on our sites. This is going to be your best of type posts, your reviews and things of that nature. Now, when people are landing on these articles as we create them, if we can get more people to click on our affiliate links, even if it's a couple of percentage points more, then that can 
you know, directly in, uh, increase our revenue when doing it correctly. And by using tools such as AI, it makes it a little easier to come up with good content that will make someone want to click. Now you can go out there and you can hire a copywriter, but you're going to end up spending thousands and thousands of dollars because they know the potential of the writing that they create that's going to make people click more on the products that you want them to click on. But when you're writing an article, when you're writing a review, you know, you might end up writing 10, 20 reviews on your website, if not more, you know, how are you going to pay an AI copy, sorry, how are you going to pay a copywriter to write the copy for each one of those articles? You're going to end up spending like an arm and a leg. But with AI, they come up with some pretty good copywriting techniques uh, that will allow people to, you know, read it and say, hey, you know, this actually is pretty good. I actually have a problem. This product is probably going to fix it and go with the process. Now, I'm not saying to let these AI copywriters write the entire review of your articles, because at the end of the day, these are reviews. These are products you probably and most assuredly should be using so that you can give it a good actual review from someone who actually used it. That doesn't mean that you can't write articles when you didn't own the product or reviews when you didn't own the product. But if you can, you know, by all means, if you can actually buy a product and try it out, just do it, all right? It's going to help make you stand out from everyone else who's trying to do it without actually purchasing the product, all right? So that's another thing that I use AI content for, and that is for copywriting for conversions. Another one is social media management. Now, the vast majority of my websites, I technically just go after Google SEO traffic. Sometimes you might throw in a Facebook group or maybe even Pinterest. I'm not a big fan of Pinterest, but regardless, you might go after those other ones. But my main focus is going to pretty much always be Google SEO and then trying to drive traffic to an email list. So when you are cre uh, creating content for other platforms like social media, that's just going to take extra time off of your plate. So what you might want to do is use these AI tools to create content for you. And you can create this at scale with AI writing tools, which means you can come up with 50 Facebook posts, you know, in a relative short period of time and then just schedule them out. Same thing with perhaps Twitter or Pinterest or whatever you happen to be uh, working on. Use AI to help you with your social media management, as well as sometimes even writing emails that you might be sending to your list. Now, when it comes to you know creating content for your um your websites, I would still kind of somewhat shy away from the whole write the article by just pressing a button, letting the AI write the article, and then just posting it as is. You need to edit these articles. You need to fact check them. Even if it is ChatGPT, as great as it is, you still need to make sure that it's, that it's telling you the right stuff. Because the one thing I've noticed, especially with ChatGPT, is that it will tell you the wrong thing and will tell you the wrong thing confidently, which is kind of scary because it, it has no conscience so it doesn't care you know it just gives you what it thinks you wants to hear regardless you can't just take these ai content writing tools at face value you need to take the content and actually look at it you need to take the content and actually fact check it and make sure that it makes sense grammatically and that it's good all right if you do that then you might be able to throw it up onto your website and be just fine with it you might even want to use a tool to check for the AI stuff. This one is called originality.ai. That's one of those, I think a newer Spencer Hawes type product. I know he's involved in it somehow, but regardless, you know, use a tool like that to, to check the AI, you know, whether it's original or AI content. Now I will say that tool isn't 100% 
you know, accurate all the time, but you can use it over the course of a few articles just to make sure that um, you can uh, weed out any inaccuracies that that tool might be using. So when it comes to AI tools, I do have a few favorite tools that um, you should probably check out. It's the ones that I use pretty much every single day. And if you wanna see a lot of the stuff that I use every single day, just visit bloggerevolution.com slash tools, bloggerevolution.com slash tools. That way you can see pretty much everything that I use to run my blogging business. But regardless of specific tools that I enjoy using a lot would be phrase.io. That's probably one of my favorite tools that I use every single day when writing content, as well as Word Hero, which is a, uh, at least as of right now, it's a cheaper alternative to Jasper that works just as well. Uh, Jasper itself as well, you know, um, I don't always have a subscription to them, but sometimes I turn it on depending on what I need to do for that month. And as well as, at least right now, Chat GPT, you know, it's free. Um, I can't guarantee that it's going to be free for a very long time. There's a whole bunch of stuff on the website that says this is just a demo, it's just a prototype. They're just trying to gather information. So, you know, at, at least at this point, whatever price tag they put on ChatGPT is probably going to be worth it because it's a crazy outstanding tool. But regardless, you need to um, use this AI and embrace it rather than running from it. All right. So the number two thing that you need to be doing that you need to uh, uh, in order to have good success in 2023 is outsourcing. All right. So this is something that I waited way too long to do. I'm going to be honest. I probably blogged for an entire year, year and a half, maybe even close to two years before I even hired someone to help me uh, to run the business. And when I say run, I don't necessarily mean just writers. I did write, hire writers pretty early on, but um, in terms of virtual assistants, people that can help you do the mundane day-to-day -day tasks, it takes so much time off of your uh, your your day to handle these things and to be able to hire someone to do it for you just goes a long way. Now, outsourcing can be done in a number of ways, but it totally makes sense from an investment standpoint. And we're not just talking about money. We're talking about buying back your time uh, to build one website. You know, you can have more than a full-time income with a single website, but you just need to work with it and never give up on it and just keep going and going and going. So in order for that to really work out, you're going to have to outsource parts of it so that you can focus on more important things that are more core to your business, right? So instead of just sitting there spending two and three hours or maybe even a few days, depending on how fast you are to write content, go ahead and outsource that. Hire writers to do that for you. Instead of just answering mundane emails or doing outreach with backlinking or whatever it happens to be doing, you can hire a VA to help you do these mundane tasks so that you can focus on more important things like the keyword research that might be important for your site, uh, looking over the content, updating old content. You know, there's a, lot, a long list of things that you can be working on that's a little bit more important than typing out an email, you know, every now and then. Right. So that's something that you want to take advantage of. Um, one thing that one service that I use to hire VAs would be Upwork.com. That's usually a great place to get someone, uh, especially if you're looking to get someone 
uh, uh, state side, you know, Upwork works out great. Um, you will pay for it, but you will get some pretty awesome work depending on who you hire, as well as onlinejobs.ph. That's more of a budget-friendly um, uh, area that you can get. And uh, the people that you can get there are extremely smart and they uh, uh, can really take the job and run. So be sure to check out uh, uh, onlinejobs.ph as well. Um, one trick that I have for that is uh, it is a paid service. I believe it's like 97 or 99 or something dollars per month. But you really only need it for probably one month, two max. So just sign up for one month and um, put out a resume, you know, fill as many offers as you possibly can, make a decision and cancel it. And you only spent $99, right? And if you ever need to do it again, you just go back and sign up for another month. Um, another reason why outsourcing is huge, and we kind of touched on it previously, was uh, the flexibility of your time. So when you are... Uh, uh, building up your website, you are putting a lot of time and effort into it. So the question naturally becomes, do you have more money than time or more time than money? When you're first getting started, most people like I was, I had more time than money. So I needed to uh, just do a lot of the work myself. But then as soon as I was starting to get more consistent revenue from that first site, then I started taking some of that revenue and then buying back the time. So now instead of sitting down and spending an hour and a half, two hours writing a blog post, now I can just simply you know, pay someone else 40, 50 bucks maybe to write an article for me, depending on the type of article it is, uh, but write an article for me, at which point I can now do something else with that time. I can either focus on more core business things or I can just hang out with my family, right? Or I can just take Benji to Chuck E. Cheese or something. You know, I don't know, whatever it happens to be. That way I have more flexibility with that time. And it makes plenty of sense to do so when you look at it in that fashion. So another place that I go to very often to get a lot of writers for my um, websites is writeraccess.com. I believe it's the .com, but writeraccess. Just Google it, you'll find it. And um, it's a great place because it's a huge, huge pool of writers. And from there, you can put out job postings and then people can pick them up. Or you can reach out to someone who might be your uh, your account representative over at Writer Access and just let them know what you're looking for. And they can handpick you a handful of writers to uh, take care of the jobs that you need. Um, the reason why I like Writer Access so much is I don't have to necessarily bring a writer in-house, right? I don't have to bring them into my business and then pay them, you know, at 1099 or something at the end of the year, all of that fun stuff, because I'm just paying writer access and they take care of everything. And one of the cool parts about bringing in somebody in-house is that you can actually uh, work with them consistently and they tend to get better over time. Um, and when you hire, you know, these agencies to write content for you, sometimes you never even talk to the person who writes your article, right? But writer's access is a little different because you have access to the pool of writers. You can actually start writing with the exact same people over and over and over again, developing relationships. They get better at understanding what it is you want in your articles. And I like to think that writer's access is kind of like a hybrid between a complete agency type write versus uh, having to bring someone in-house to write for you as well. So, I mean, I absolutely love writer access. Um, I will leave a link down in the show notes below. It'll give you a free $50 coupon to use within writer access. I believe it's writeraccess.com slash writer access. Uh, if that's wrong, just check out the show notes. You'll see exactly what that is. Um, let me give you another ninja trick when it comes to using writer access. So when you first get started with writer access early on, when you are creating your 
content briefs and your little ad that you're going to put out there in order to get people to write for you, reach out to writers that are, uh, I wouldn't say expensive, but anywhere from six to 10 cents per word and actually hire them out to do the content for you. And you might have to, you know, do a handful of articles as you are going through the huge pool of writers there that are accepting that amount of money for their articles. But then once you have gone through a decent amount of them, you're going to separate the ones that you like and the ones that you don't like, the ones that followed your rules, the ones that didn't follow your rules, and just put them in what's called your love list within Writer Access. When you do this, and you can slowly build up that love list to as big as you really want it to be. You can fill it with people who are good writers who follow what it is that uh, you want. They look at your content briefs and they know exactly what needs to be written and then they do it, right? So now you have this long love list of people who usually charge anywhere from six to 10 cents per word for an article. Then what you start doing is as you have built this love list up, start sending content jobs that are about four to seven cents a word. And what ends up happening is that um, a lot of these writers on your love list, when they see it there, they have the option to not get it or, or, or not, or to get it or not get it. And if they don't want it, then they're just not going to pick it up. But if you have a list of, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 people within your love list, someone's going to pick it up because some work is better than no work, right? And I'm not, I mean, I don't want this to seem like, oh, you're taking advantage of these writers. However, think of it this way. Freelancers would rather get consistent work, maybe a little bit cheaper than one-off articles that pay a lot more. Um, so if you can get consistent work month after month, week after week, you know, and you're creating content on a site, if I have a project going where I'm going to need 250, 300 articles, I'm going to be over ordering that over the course of a few months usually, which means uh, these freelancers can get consistent work over a longer period of time. So it works out for everybody. And at the end of the day, excuse me, at the end of the day, these writers still have the option to not accept it or not. But that's why you want to have a big love list. That way, the bigger your love list, the more people your um, articles and content briefs are going to to get the more eyeballs they get the more likely someone is going to pick them up just to write the article and at that point you start to bring down your article creation costs all right so outsourcing that's number two that's probably one of the biggest ones in this entire list that you need to start doing right now in 2023 if you are looking to really grow and scale a uh, blogging business or content publishing business now number one all right, here's the one else I've been building up and trying to tell you that this is going to be huge. And this is investing in aged domains, but also aged sites. Okay, so this right here is huge. And I'm gonna be honest, if you're just getting started and you don't have a budget in order to purchase aged domains or aged sites, then uh, uh, you might have, you're just gonna have to start off from the very beginning, which is perfectly okay. Just buy you a fresh domain, build it up, work really hard on it, get it to the point to where you can sell it for a decent amount of money. And then once you have that pool of money, then you can reinvest it in an age domain, in an age site. And there's a number of reasons why I've kind of fallen in love with this entire process when it comes to this, all right? So let's go ahead and jump into it. Number one, when you buy an age domain or an aged site, you are buying an asset that already has established authority and trust in Google's eyes. This is outstandingly huge. I, I can't, you know, deny just how important it is to be able to hit the ground running with a website because there's a lot of 
positive factors for a site that already has established authority and established trust. One thing is that if it's an established or an aged site, a site that's already in existence, then you might have a better shot at avoiding Google algorithmic updates. How? Well, when you, before you acquire a site, you can look at the history of the website. If it looks like over the last, especially in 2022, there was a ton of Google updates. If these sites were able to avoid a lot of those updates, at least to the point to where, you know, not, you know, going from 100% to, you know, 25% traffic or something like that, literally overnight because of the update. If you're looking at your um Google search analytics and you realize that, hey, it didn't really get hit too bad, then at which point you can think, okay, well, if this site didn't get hit too bad, that means that the content must be at least decent enough on it because if it survived 2022 and didn't get hit really hard, then you probably have a decent site on your hands. Now, this doesn't guarantee that you'll never get hit by a Google algorithmic update, but it does give you a little bit of calm knowing that, okay, if this site got through 2022 pretty much unscathed, the content on the site must be at least decent, which means you should be able to add more to it and continue growing that site. All right. Now, um, another example of this would be with age domains, right? So age domain is not going to include the entire website. It's just the domain itself. The reason why age domains are so awesome is because they are extremely cost effective. Now, if you've done anything when it comes uh, in, in research, when it comes to age domains, you probably can understand that. What do you mean cost effective? Some age domains are insanely expensive. Um, I saw one that was around $15,000, which is pretty you know, crazy that that's the case, right? But regardless, just because they might seem that expensive, when you start to drill down what you're getting with these age domains, then you realize it's actually a bargain, okay? So let me give you a quick example um, a colleague of mine, uh, Mike from the Below Average Blogger, you might know him from his YouTube channel. Amazing guy, by the way. Um, we had him on the podcast. I believe it was episode 30 of the Blogger Evolution podcast. So be sure to go check that out. But uh, regardless, we had Mike on to the podcast. And one thing that we talked about, uh, he mentioned how there was a, a, a backlink that he was trying to get from the Denver Post. And, you know, that's a huge, you know, newspaper in the Denver area, a highly authoritative website. I believe it was like 70s or 80s. And getting a backlink from there would have been pretty awesome for any website, right? However, when he asked about getting the backlink, they said that they would charge him $5,000 just for that one backlink. I mean, literally, it would take Denver Post probably five minutes to add the backlink and they wanted $5,000 for it. And a big reason for this is because these bigger websites do understand the power of being able to send a backlink to a niche website, right? So they're like, if you're going to want us to do this, you're going to have to pay for it. So I use that as an example to show that these higher authority backlinks that you might be getting from the New York Times, the Boston Globe, uh, uh, the Atlanta Constitution, the Denver Post, any of these places are going to really help your website. It's really going to help them get a little uh, uh, a little bit more traction within Google. It's going to help your articles index faster. There's a long laundry list of things that high quality backlinks can do for your niche site. However, if you were to go and try to pay for every single one of these high quality backlinks, you're going to go broke. I mean, you will, because if, even if to the point to where you can't afford it, right? Because trying to get a link from the New York Times or a link from 
the LA Times or whatever, you're gonna have to spend a decent amount of money just to get that one backlink and that's it. However, with age domains, you can actually find an age domain that has backlinks like this, that already has backlinks because they've already been in existence for a number of years. Maybe they were another existing business that was able to acquire backlinks from all of these high authority websites. But now the business is defunct. It doesn't exist anymore. It's not there. And the, the domain is just sitting there. So now I might be looking at a domain and think, man, $3,000, that's a lot for a domain. But man, it's got like 40 or 50 high quality, almost impossible to get backlinks. All of a sudden, that's just $3,000 into your uh, that you're investing into your site to give it a good backlink profile. So that's why age domains are such a good idea when it comes to building. And as of right now, as long as you remain uh, in conjunction with what that website was originally about. So if you have a food website and you start writing about golf on it, then you know, you're probably not going to be able to get the same type of backlink juice that you would get normally if you were to stay uh, not on brand, but on niche with the website. So whatever age domain that you get, make sure that you do the proper due diligence. That's a whole nother podcast episode for a whole nother day. But regardless, make sure you do the a proper due diligence for it, but then make sure that you stay on brand. If it's a golf website, continue talking about golf, okay? You want to make sure that those things are, are, are great and it makes sense for your website. So investing in age domains and age sites, they're a godsend. It really does help with being able to skip over the quote unquote Google sandbox. Brand new fresh domains. There does seem to be a period between you know, the first three to four months of that site existing, where it seems like you're doing a lot of work and getting absolutely nothing. And that's mainly because Google doesn't trust your site at that point. And if you're not doing any active backlinking early on within a site, it's going to struggle early on, at least for that first four to six months before you start seeing some good uh, constant returns. I like to call this the prove it period, usually when people get started, because if you can get past that first four to six months, you're probably going to be okay. Um, if you end up giving up before then, then you probably didn't really want it anyway. But a way to skip over that sandbox is with an aged domain or an aged site, an already established existing site in itself, because the site is already in existence and somebody else was running it. Now, now, there is a drawback to buying age domains and age sites is that you do end up kind of just in, inheriting the baggage of these previous websites. So if anything shady went along with it, anything nefarious, then you're kind of inheriting that when you per make these purchases. So that's why uh, due diligence is super important and understanding what it is you are buying so that when you do get down to the nitty gritty and it's time to build a website, you don't uh, get any surprises and uh, you wouldn't have lost your money. All right. So um, just because you also buy an age domain or an age site doesn't mean that you have to always stick to what that age domain was. Back in the day, people made some really bad names for uh, websites. But the cool part about these age domains and age sites is you have the use of the 301 redirect. So a 301 redirect just allows you to tell Google permanently that this website is now this website. So any traffic that you were sending to site A, now send it to site B and do so permanently. Doing this is going to, you'll be able to keep the majority of the authority from one place to the next. There probably will be a little loss in transfer, but uh, regardless, it's it's better to have it there than not. But when you are able to redirect, you can redirect it to a better branded site, something that makes more sense, something that may not get you in trouble, you know, and it really helps uh, uh, when doing this so that you can continue to build a site and skip over that sandbox. So here's some 
um, potential wins or quick wins that you can use uh, when it comes to employing an age domain or an aged site. So one thing that you would uh, probably want to start using is what's called the avalanche method to help build the traffic for these sites. Now, if it's an aged site, you will be able to look at the Google Analytics history and try to figure out what the uh, what stage or what tier um, of the avalanche method this site happens to be in. If it's an age domain, you're probably gonna have to create some content, throw it out there for a little while and see how fast it rings as well as what kind of traffic you're starting to get with it. And then take the avalanche method from there to continue building the traffic and the revenue on the site. So to do the avalanche method, I'm gonna give you my version of it because there is a more proper version of it, but this is what I've been able to do and it's worked pretty fine. It's, um, it's a little more simpler than the actual avalanche method, but Let's just say that this is the blogger evolution tweak on the on the uh, avalanche method. So what we do is you take the traffic for the last three months on your website. So jump into um, Google Analytics. And if you do jump in analytics, make sure that you uh, uh, use the filter to only show you uh, organic traffic. Right. Or you can look at um, maybe Google Search Console and look at the clicks, but you'll probably do better with analytics. Regardless, jump into Google Analytics, filter everything out just by the organic traffic that you're getting to your site over the last three months. And I want you to find the best day that you've had on that site, but then also the worst day that you've had on that site. So if maybe, you know, you're putting this through and you look at the, the lowest day that you had traffic and maybe you got, you know, 20 visitors to your site or something, right? So there you go, that's the lowest day. But then also look at the highest day. Maybe the highest day was 100 people to your site in a single day, all right? So that gives you your range. Your range is 20, which is the low, and then to 100, which was the high. That's your range right there. Now, after that, now you need to take the average traffic that the site has gotten over the last 90 days. This is quite simple. If you're doing it in analytics, just look at how much organic traffic you've gotten over the last three months and then divide it by 90. And then that'll give you your average traffic um, that you get onto the site. This average is going to tell you the search volume that you should be targeting for your site. So let's say for example, that your website gets around 250 or so uh, uh, organic visitors per day. All right, that's 250 organic visitors per day. This will put you in a tier using the avalanche method. It's gonna put you in a tier to target keywords that get traffic of at least 200 to 500 uh, search volume per month. Now notice this is per month, not per day. So even though we're getting 250 organics to our website per day, we need to look at a traffic tier that gets us anywhere from 200 to 500 per month. This tells us the traffic tier that we happen to be in for our website. And then what this shows is you should be able to create content that has search volume between 200 and 500. This is where Google trusts you. They trust to send you this much traffic for your site. Once you've gone through that process and you figured out exactly what your search volume is, you should be able to start creating content in that search volume, and it should be able to get you into the top 10, at least within a relative short period of time. I mean, within a few weeks to a month, perhaps, as long as you do it uh, exactly the right way. Um, using the avalanche method is pretty awesome, especially if a site has been hit by a Google algorithm update. Um, using the avalanche method, just seeing what tier you happen to be on at that point, and then creating content in that tier is going to help you build the traffic back up on the site. And hopefully once the trust is back and Google um, 
you know, is sending you more and more traffic, then you'll be able to uh, uh, increase the traffic to your site as well as the revenue. So that's the avalanche method. Um, if you want, if you ever want to go any further in the avalanche method or something else, please let me know. Send an email over to feedback at bloggerevolution.com so I can know what you guys are thinking. That way I can know what kind of content to create. So just as a quick review, the uh, latest things that we need to be doing to explode the passive income on our websites is number three, embracing AI rather than running from it, outsourcing content and uh, normal VA type functions as fast as you possibly can, as well as investing in age domains and age sites. This is going to really supercharge your business is what I'm doing in 2023 to really help grow my blogs and be able to sell them for these nice, amazing paydays. Now, creating passive income, no doubt it's the goal. And we do so primarily by trying to take advantage of Google SEO, Google search engine optimization. So for help on how to increase your SEO traffic to your site, be sure to go check out episode 68 of the Blogger Evolution Niche Site Show, where we talk about the seven uncommon SEO tips that you probably didn't even know existed.